0: Good evening, everybody. Tonight, there are two special guests. Actually, both have been on the program before, and one's going to be a constant, and that's Pastor Rick, um, our newest pastor on staff, co pastoring the church together. And then to my right is Dr. Shawnae Anderson, who was our expert witness uh, testifying before Judge O'Neill. Although you didn't have to testify in person, but your words were powerful and what was presented to the judge, I am surprised he just didn't lift the injunction. I agree. Mm-hmm. I can't process why Judge O'Neill, he seems like a really logical man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And, and you get to be called your honor your entire career, and you're coming up to retirement, and, and people honor you because you are, you're dealing with truth, and you're mm-hmm. dealing with justice, and he had it in front of him, but he took the easiest path. And it's I don't know that that's justice, so. But I want to talk about that. Okay.
1: And you were there. I was there. I got to be uh, a eyewitness to the whole debacle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, debacle's good. I like it. Good word. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think both of us had that impression uh, yeah. as... Uh, Netta, am I pronouncing that yeah. yeah, Netta.
0: It's actually N-A-D-A, but pronounced Netta. NETA
1: and it's, so it's a
0: Palestinian uh, pronunciation, I guess.
1: As Netta made her presentation, and she went through a litany okay. of impressive, credentialed studies. I mean, as she's going, I'm, I'm an observer, and I am I'm already convinced, and she more convinced me, and more convinced me. And that was after hearing the plaintiff's side. Oh yeah, yeah. There was no comparison. There was none. It felt like at the end, I think we all sat back and said, "That's a done deal." Yeah. It was so authoritative, with such expert. I mean, she quoted a number of times, not only. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but. Doctor Anderson. Yeah, Doctor Anderson and <laughs> and Stanford professors and. Yep. Um, it was it yep. was impressive, and he, uh, basically, just said, "That's nice." but... Yeah, as he,
2: Thanks for as sharing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 was, not, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was really pleasant. I know you put countless hours of work <laughs> in
0: and that your expert witnesses are, you know, yeah. either but doing this pro bono or so expensive that it's draining the bank account of your, you know, your church um, while we're spending your tax dollars to infringe upon your First Amendment. And I can't
1: remember his wording exactly, Rob, but it was something like but I still don't see uh, how that is. I mean, it was so weighty. Yeah. I mean, really it was. It had such substance and it was just foo-foo, just dismissed so easily.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I was, what I wanted to do and I was so grateful you were available and we've been trying to get you on the show and I keep missing, <laughs> not your fault, my fault. That's, no worries. Yeah, you, that's, yeah, well, you're sweet, but no, <laughs> it is a worry. I will say this that when they gave your testimony that, that took you quite a long time mm-hmm. to put together. And we're not, the, we're not the only organization out there whose First Amendment rights are being infringed right. upon mm-hmm. where you're putting forward expert testimony to present to a judge that just basically... Although, to Judge O'Neill's credit, he said he read it in its entirety. And he said it was compelling, but yet still didn't rule. Um, and, and I was... <laughs> I was next to Papillon, who was uh, Netta, She was the other attorney. Mm-hmm. And he, Judge O'Neill begins to speak, and and you know he's moved and compelled by the evidence that you and and other doctors had presented. And and Papillon's going, "Oh, this is," and I go, "No, no, there's going to be a butt in there, <laughs> a disassociative conjunctive." I, I already know Judge O'Neill at this point. La 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 la. But, mm-hmm. and it took a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but. But Mm -hmm. I I was thinking, I I wanted everyone to kind of get an understanding of what you presented to Judge Mm O'Neill, why the church should be defended in a time of pandemic. Now, granted, we haven't had a single case. Mm -hmm. The White House can't even say what we say, and we don't even have the Secret Service. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who can protect from the virus. <laughs> right. And that's not to say we may not get it. Right. It, but of all, all residential areas in Ventura County, this mm-hmm. is an interesting one. They sent out this, this um, chart, and the governor has the four color codes, and it goes purple, red, orange, yellow. Right. We're one of the only residential regions in the entire county, our 91320 zip code, that is orange, almost yellow. The only other places in the county that are yellow are Piru and Oak Park or just small little segment areas. Uh, we have one, I think our 1.8 is where we are. Wow. And no one's ever going to be perfect. Right. Um, but this is supposed to be the epicenter of death. <laughs>
2: That's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. I'm told I'm a killer. Yeah.
1: Now, why are That's you, kind. Because in, why are you a killer? Because you're oh, a part of I'm what's happening to, here. because I'm attending to okay. church. She attends
0: church. church here, yes. and she yeah. defends the legitimacy in right. the essential nature of the church, and, God forbid, the First Amendment. Yeah.
2: And so if I meet anybody, I'm yeah. going to kill them because, mm-hmm. obviously, of course, right. I have this virus that will right. kill everybody.
1: Well, the thing is, Rob, you and I, by faith, knowing God's Word, are saying we are essential yes. workers for God's kingdom. I'm an
0: essential worker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's so, it sounds so much better in the In, in the accent. German accent, I'm an essential, I am an essential worker. Here. Can we hear it in your Scottish one?
0: Come on. Well, they were never fascist. <laughs> okay. Right now they're laddie. I'm an essential worker.
1: <laughs> so, um, and because we're... Uh, nut jobs that are Christian pastors that are so out of touch with reality. What we're saying, because we know God's word, we know what his instruction is to us. We are essential workers, but we're sitting with someone who has done all of the academic work to say what we do is essential. And I'm yeah. excited to hear about what she has to say Me about too. that. But so I'm going I'm I'm to correct this seg- <laughs> segue. I love, I love what Pastor Rick said. But it was wrong.
0: No, no. <laughs> I personally want everyone to realize, and, and I know you do, but I yeah. want to emphasize yeah. it. I want everyone to realize you're all essential. Yes. The, Governor Mussolini <laughs> doesn't get to pick who's <laughs> essential and who isn't. Yeah. The, 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 these yeah. are inalienable rights endowed by our creator. You mm-hmm. are yeah. unbelievably essential.
1: Yeah. I stand corrected. I, yeah,
0: well, you, I, already, I already knew you felt that yeah. way and know that you were setting it up for, yeah. for Dr. Anderson to yeah. share. Yeah. But uh, I just want to emphasize all of you yeah. are unbelievably essential. Amen. You're fearfully and wonderfully made and your gift to humanity and stay the course. Yep. Now, as Rick pointed out, Pastor Rick said,
3: mm-hmm.
0: because there are those who say we're not essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he, 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 like me, we agree we're all essential. hmm Talk about the nature of the church when you're defending it against a secular progressive mindset and, and a, a government that is tyrannical, infringing on First Amendment rights. What, as Rick said, what did you do?
2: Well, there is a ton of research on this subject of how um, church attendance, even specifically excluding calling yourself a Christian and other things that might identify you as a religious believer, but actually on church attendance specifically. But um, initially one of the things that I think is so critical to understand is everybody keeps focusing on the virus and the cases and the deaths associated with that. And so initially it is so critical and I really wanted the judge to understand there's a whole other thing going on here that everybody is continuing to ignore. I mean, I've been on this show since April And I still can barely hear anybody talking about what's going on. Nobody's
0: dealing with the emotional consequences. There is now
2: hard data that is showing anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression, even Mm -hmm. by the CDC, is saying up by 40%. We know suicides have increased. We know CDC studies said that um, young adults 18 to 25 are contemplating suicide.
0: Are you ready for this? More young people... Have died of suicide in California than from mm-hmm. the coronavirus.
2: Mm-hmm. More teenagers have died of suicide and overdose combined nationwide than the coronavirus.
1: And you're going to share some really good stuff with us. And I just want to rehearse for maybe somebody's tuning in for the first time mm-hmm. to the Fireside Chat. Um, give us your official, uh, you know, background because Rob knows you yeah, so I well. Yeah, I do, and
0: we've had her on the show, but yeah. this, she's like she's new to you
1: because you're new. exactly you're so because otherwise <laughs> you, you know you're. A very sweet Christian lady that has some thoughts, you know. I mean, but I we want call to her Doctor Anderson. Yeah, I know Doctor Anderson, But are you a dentist? Sure. Are you, are, you know, I I don't need a root canal. I don't know if you can help me. I
2: am a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist. I graduated from USC, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. where I have a specialty in research and trauma. I have a history of running, actually, treatment centers, drug and alcohol, mm-hmm. psychiatric, mm-hmm. eating disorder That's where I met her. I was a patient. <laughs> Oh, I bailed you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've had my private practice here in yes. Thousand Oaks, uh, my gosh, since 1998. And so I'm That's full-time yes. private practice, but I'm mm-hmm. also doing um, a consultation mm-hmm. in the jails and for defense attorneys, yes. doing expert witness. I do forensic stuff. I'm also adjunct professor at Fuller Theological Seminary, where right? I teach pastoral care and addiction.
0: The That's reason why I don't like her to re-go, re- recount all of that yeah. is because I just feel so small. <laughs>
1: Shrink.
3: nothing. <laughs> so...
1: After I'm Screchier, shrinking with you, I'll never ask her again, <laughs> except unless we're on the air and I'm afraid somebody doesn't really know her background. So, so,
0: so Dr. Anderson, <laughs> um, so what do we The two, two non-essential <laughs> workers over
1: here would like to find out in our insecure way why we're now can, can essential. We can, can you pat us on the back? Can okay. you
0: tell us why Judge
2: O'Neill was such a bully? Can you, can you tell, tell us why? <laughs> well, it's all because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, talking about the the devastating effects of what this pandemic, lockdown, Mm -hmm. house arrest, whatever you want to call it, has completely just devastated our population's mental health, Mm -hmm. addictions are up, divorces are up. Child abuse we know is up, even the reports wow. are down, domestic violence is up. I mean, anything that you could possibly think is problematic yeah. is problematic. And wow. the data is there, and we're just even beginning to see it. And the longer this goes on, the worse it's getting. And I'm seeing that in my practice, and um, and it's in the research both. And so I really wanted him to recognize that um, the what I believe is a huge overreaction to the virus and doing the lockdown has had such a devastating effect on the body and that without church, it's actually making things even worse. And so- So, Wait,
1: wait, 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 stop, stop. You can do it online. Are there any studies that compare? You can, right. you can, you can, you, wait, wait, you know, you're live streaming. Look at, exactly. I mean, we've got, you're live streaming. You got the Scottish guy. You got the German guy. He's multiple personalities. That's why the church loves him because he can just, you know, Can become, I get a
0: new refill on my prescription?
1: <laughs> 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 that's conditional on your temporary release from your institution. Stop it, now, Ricky. So, so that's what I get. That's right. what uh, the pushback I get for uh, uh, this So right. setting it um, up, fastball across the plate. It's an excellent
2: comment. And unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of studies. I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. studies are being undertaken mm-hmm. right now that mm-hmm. can compare the two. But um, again, ch- streaming churches online is a relatively new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. There is one study that I read that I actually cited in my report to the judge. Um, we know that there are profound health, positive health effects of attending church in person, that the more frequently you attend church, if you go at least once a week, you have a greater um, capacity for um, fighting off infection, you have a lower mortality risk, you have lower suicide risk, you have lower risk of depression and anxiety. One study, though, that I loved in particular is it showed, and it's been replicated, attending church will will, drop your blood pressure consistently across time. And they did compare it to individuals who watched church services online, and they, did, they found that that health, that health benefit did not exist when watching it online. Mm-hmm. And so um, another study that I looked at was really looking at what is it, because it is so well known, the importance of attending church, that it has profound effects, again, physical and mental, and they notice that it's not just coming in and sitting in the seats, although that may be part of it, but it is definitely that support, and it is coming in and getting the hugs, and you know I did, I spoke about that one research study a few months ago that hugs benefit immunity, that you can have direct contact with a virus, and if you're getting a hug every single day, your immunity will fight against that virus, and you will not get it, or if you do, you'll heal quicker. Can and I, so, can
1: I, can I ask another yes. dimension of worship? May, may I? May, <laughs> thank you. This is this is this is instruction,
2: correction. Is English class. We, well, <laughs> you know they the,
1: homeschool the, kids that are going. The hum, he did I'm, it, mom. He did, exactly. See, he did you. it. Exactly. Thank you. That ain't is going to come out. All go. these things. That's all right. <laughs> may I, doctor? Yes, you may. Um, because you're talking about those things. One of the instructions, you may get together, but you may not sing. Oh, yeah. Now, I... Tried, singing
0: yeah. is verboten.
1: <laughs> so, You're there's botan. something, not only spiritual, we know, in yeah. worship mm-hmm. that happens with a sense of community. I'm singing with and, other people. And he inhabits the praises of his people. And he mm-hmm. inhabits the praises of... Before I even became a Christian, being at rock concerts and everybody you know, like anthems, mm-hmm. and there was something, I would have said at that, it was almost kind of spiritual, you know, I was not saved, I was, there's something about community, yes. and you're joining this experience, and I don't know the release of endorphins, and, uh, you know, dopamine, and all of those different things, but I know, personally, the results, is there anything, uh, doctor, that...
2: I, I can, think you're really onto something, I don't have the data okay. right now with I just me, curious. but... Absolutely do Mm -hmm. those things boost, you're absolutely right, oxytocin Mm -hmm. and dopamine and serotonin levels, but there is some real interesting work that's Mm -hmm. being done in the treatment of trauma and how trauma gets stored in your body and how rhythmic... Um, sounds can actually be very healing and help the brain develop and it helps with interpersonal connections. Mm-hmm. So I think what we already know implicitly by yeah. what we experience yes. by mm-hmm. you know worshiping together mm-hmm. is actually doing a phenomenal
0: yeah.
2: work in our brains.
0: Mm. I, I remember uh, the very first Sunday, I, I don't, th- you, had, you weren't here, uh, but it was the very first Sunday that we were in defiance of the emergency temporary restraining order, where that's where we had been threatened to have a thousand doe's either congregants or visitors to the church cited. I was named in it, and a thousand doe's. And I remember showing up, and the, the entire church was surrounded by people I didn't know uh, hundreds of people. And all these churches had come out to surround us so that mm-hmm. they would receive. The citation, so that our congregation could worship in peace wow. and and that hit me just mm-hmm. and it still does just walking yeah. in and seeing these people selflessly saying, Give me the citation yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: and as we walk in um, we were we were scheduled to have a a, a stringed uh, instrument court or actually a group of singers. But there were children in it, and they were concerned about them getting citations because it would ruin you know opportunities to get to school, get into certain schools and and even the tension right so we just opted not to have them lead worship and so at the last minute we made that decision, and we didn't have time to put a band together, so it was micah and a guitar, and the church is packed to the rafters, and that the first chord he plays the 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 entire the entire room just filled with the presence of the
1: Lord.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: everybody was weeping.
1: Yeah. I'm being attacked by bugs. We have to...
0: Oh, we, we release those. They're, they're COVID consuming. I'm sorry, I broke the mic. It's bug. a very high level of gnat that we developed. With this. But they, they eat COVID. I apologize. But that that, that was a remarkable mm-hmm. day. I, yeah. uh, one of my... Uh, uh, one of the... Uh, stories out of history, military history. And, and I don't know if you've done a study on it. I, I did read it at one point. I don't have the complete statistics, but mm. I can give you an overview. The USS Indianapolis was the worst naval disaster in U.S. Mm. naval history. Captain McVeigh, um, the USS Indianapolis had the fastest uh, transport in the Pacific to Tinian, uh, recorded, and he dropped off... It was either Fat Boy or Little Man, the, the nuclear weapon mm. that would be dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Mm. It was one of the weapons. And after they had dropped it off, they had to go to another location, and in transit, and the war had come to a conclusion. And I think they had dropped the bomb, but the Japanese submarine uh, hit the Indianapolis and sunk it, and they sent out radio transmission. And it, as the ship listed... Everyone who went off this side of the ship, the high end of the listing ship, they went overboard without any supplies. Mm-hmm. On on the listing side, all the rafts and the water and the food floated in gently, and everyone just kind of went into the water. Um, and so they had supplies and rafts, and all the people on this side had nothing. And there was there the radio signal was overlooked. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was at the highest levels that, that this was a, a major disaster as a result of not sending rescue. And, and these, these sailors and Marines were in the water for unprecedented amounts of time, and that's where the, the movie Jaws got its, its foundation. When you see that salty captain talking about that incident, that was inspired by the Indianapolis. They would all be eaten in the morning by sharks. And they were without water. And the ones that survived, and and they were, I've read the book on it where they would never be more than an arm's length away from an ice cold glass of water because they'd experienced thirst like no one had ever experienced. Following that, they did an experiment with Norwegian rats where they put them in the water and they just let them swim until they drowned. And they timed it. And when they got to a certain segment where they would stay swimming for three minutes, that was the length, I'm just throwing out the numbers, but let's say three minutes, that was the length of the ones that survived the longest. At the three minute mark, if there were any, on the next experiment, at the three minute mark, if there were any that were still swimming, they pulled them out of the water and they dried them off, they fed them, they cared for them, and then they put those same rats that they cared for back in the water with another group of rats, and these rats drowned while the ones that had been rescued at the critical moment Lasted for hours, wow! Because they had had hope, mm-hmm. and and I, I think what this place represents
2: is hope. Mm-hmm. I think you mm-hmm. are nailing the biggest issue behind all of this, mm-hmm. because our freedoms have been taken away. Mm-hmm. We have been living in fear of this mm-hmm. unknown whatever,
0: and our president and first lady have contracted it. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. and and feeling so helpless and powerless, mm-hmm. and and I talked about the gaslighting going on at the government back in yeah. May that they keep moving the the goalposts and they keep changing things amidst all that chaos, if you do not have hope, you will succumb mm-hmm. to what is going on. I mean, I even think of Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. Great book. Was mm-hmm. in Man's
0: Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. If you haven't read it, you need mm-hmm. to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: And how he was in the concentration camp. And it's mm-hmm. really about finding that will to survive. And it is about hope.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, I I'm on these broadcasts, you know, every so often and and I can bring, you know, all my data and I can Mm -hmm. show you what is going on in the research. And I can show you from a, a secular perspective, even this is what's happening in, in research. This is what's happening in the brain. But at the end of it, it's Christ. It's God that is ultimately giving us that hope. So Mm -hmm. yes, church attendance is essential. Yes, it has all of these amazing effects. And we can try to break it down and say, oh, well, it's because of the support you get or it's mm-hmm. the hugs you get or it's the worship, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's God. Mm-hmm. It's Him. He mm-hmm. is our hope.
0: Yeah, amen. Pastor Rick, did you see uh, Sean Foich? He's a worship leader from Bethel up in Reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he, he goes into Portland. He goes into Seattle. He goes into the thick of the Antifa world and these hardcore Marxist young people that, you know, they, they've been 150 days on a siege on the yeah. federal building. Unbelievable. And, and even when you're, you're, you're working endlessly for what you believe is your ideological end, every human being tires regardless. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and Sean comes in and he begins to play worship, and they, they have a clip of, mm-hmm. of this hardcore Antifa kid who is just angry. And it starts out just visceral, Mm -hmm. and then he's just crying because all of a sudden he has hope, and this burden's been lifted, and you see an an absolute transition before your Mm -hmm. very eyes, Mm -hmm. the the presence of the Lord, Mm -hmm. breaking into the hardcore militant, burn it down.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, I really think that the Lord, the supernatural nature in which he uses worship, we see throughout the scriptures, here's... King Saul, he becomes dis- distressed, and David comes in, and he plays music, and his, the peace yeah. is restored. And, you know, in the story of uh, the famous evangelist, D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey were coming back from England after an incredible crusade, an evangelistic uh, opportunity, and they were in a terrible storm on the ship. And the captain came and told him that, I think we're going down. I mean, it was, it was that bad. And so all the people were huddled, you know, they get together in the gallery. I don't know where they get together in a big ship, but, um, Ira Sankey and, uh, DL Mooney, he began to, he's his worship leader. They began to worship Mm -hmm. the Lord and they came through the storm and, and, but the people, the calm, and that's the captain said, would you guys lead worship for the people because if we are going to meet the lord right the immediately what what takes place and uh Paul the apostle and uh Silas get beaten in thrown in jail and they're praying and they're worshiping the lord yeah. at midnight and it says all the prisoners were listening and i think that there's such an um because the meta the the non-tangible um you can't reduce the lord to science right. you can't reduce that that uh, the metaphysical or the spiritual nature of things and yet once you've experienced it you know it's reality yeah. and uh but for those who uh would like to relegate it as some archaic idea mm-hmm. some
2: essential but yeah. i think that that's it's really life changing yeah. it's life changing is um we can have all the yeah. data yeah but it, it's the judge yes. needs to have his heart moved. He needs to have that hope. And that's where right. I think, again, we've talked about this, that it's a yeah. real spiritual battle. Rob was battle. going to
1: break out singing and <laughs> leading. And he was hoping that the spirit of the Lord would come into that courtroom. <laughs> and we were going to dissolve all of this. But I. I had heard him, and I just Rob, like, no, no. It's no. yes, all right. We, we we really want to win. <laughs> it's what we <we're> really...
3: <laughs>
1: But you know, it is well. one more circumstance that Rob kind of you know inspired through the Portland experience with this guy leading worship and the Antifa guy really melting was um, uh, what happened at Columbine. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Pete was there, yep. and he went into the gym and he just started leading worship, and the wow. people just began to be drawn. Bec- they had no hope. These children were shot brutally. And, and what happened? And, uh, you know, just the opportunity. And what we get is there's a crisis of world, world proportions, pandemic. And don't get together right. and have the love of the Lord, the hope of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord minister to your hearts. Don't
2: sing. Okay.
1: Don't sing. Don't come to, you know, uh, and have that experience of love and community because we are a communal people. Exactly.
2: When you actually really look at the data of those kind of mass traumas, the one thing that has shown that helps people get through them is being able to come together in community community and that this is so unique in that we can't. And I'm thinking yesterday Mm -hmm. was the Mm -hmm. three-year anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. Next month, we
0: have... Explain, if you would, for Rick, because... He knew of the shooting we experienced at the borderline, but I don't think he knows that it was a reunion of all the survivors at the Vegas shooting that came to the borderline that night. Oh my goodness. Wow.
2: So, so the Las Vegas shooting was the biggest mass shooting that we've had. And um, 58 victims, several from this area. I I, I went to high school with one of the victims but a lot of individuals from our area were there. And so um, I was involved in starting a support group and immediately almost, I would say within a day or two after that shooting, the church opened up and we had support groups, Christ-centered fellowship and support groups for these individuals who lived out Mm. here to come together and, Mm. and pray together and learn about trauma and heal from trauma. And then a year later is when we had the Borderline shooting. And many of those individuals who were at Vegas were also at Borderline. And some who were killed at Borderline had also been at Vegas. And so our community, and Rob knows as well, our community has just been rocked by these traumas. And it has been the church Mm -hmm. that has come together to support everybody so that people can find that hope. Because mm-hmm. how do you find hope when your your friends, your children have been mm-hmm. killed? Yes. And without that, it's been very difficult for yeah. our populace. And that's why yeah. I think I know, um, I, I, I usher mm-hmm. at church, and I am running into so many friends mm-hmm. from so many different churches yeah. coming here because they want that fellowship. They need that.
1: But isn't that historically, That my historian here to the right? I have something fun for you. I'm pulling uh, it up. But, uh, um you look at the most difficult times that our world has ever seen during World War II mm-hmm. and the um, genocide that was going on with the Nazis. Yes. And it is always at the last ditch effort, even to death, the Christians that are holding out that lifeline of hope, the story of Corrie and her yes. and her family and hiding uh, Jewish... Yes. Individuals in their, you know, if you've ever been to their home and where they were hiding, it's it, it's mm-hmm. in knowing the story, and they they paid the price for that. It's at the, it was shut down, right? And the the last, to me, it is so telling historically, that oftentimes the last line before death or disaster are Christians standing up saying we're going to help. Even if it's just one individual, we're going to throw out love. We're going to throw out hope. We're going to, and, um, and just to be castigated for it. I mean, that's, that, that's what's, that's the reward, right? Come and do good. We're going to nail you to a cross. So. There was,
0: uh, in regards to Cory Tenboom, a tramp for the Lord. She tells the story of her and her sister, Betsy, mm-hmm. as they're they're being searched by the SS guards getting ready to be put into Ravensbrook concentration mm-hmm. camp. And she has a New Testament on a string around her neck in a flimsy prison dress. Mm-hmm. And she realizes they're going to find it and she's going to be mm-hmm. brutalized. And and she says, Lord, surround me with your angels. And then she thought, well, they're invisible. Lord, make them so that. But she gets through with this New Testament and she would read it every night to all the people that were in her barracks. And they mm-hmm. said of that barracks in Ravensbrook, that's where people hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and every night her older sister Betsy would say, you know, as they would close the night in prayer, they'd be emaciated, they'd be covered in lice. They had sores and bed sores mm-hmm. and they were freezing and starving. And Betsy would go down the litany of, you know, give thanks to the Lord in all things mm-hmm. for this is the will mm-hmm. of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she would go down the list thanking the Lord and she said one night, Betsy commented that her sister said, "Lord, thank you for the lice." Mm-hmm. And and Corey just finally said, "You know what? I'm done with this. I, I, I'm not." As they're just itching themselves and mm-hmm. and they're just crawling infested. And she said, I, I, Betsy, I can't thank mm-hmm. the Lord for the lice." Mm-hmm. Later, when miraculously Corey, her sister would die, but but mm-hmm. miraculously Corey would be delivered from Ravensbrook, go back into bombed out Germany to bring hope to. A people who were her enemies, and mm-hmm. she would bring the hope mm-hmm. of the gospel mm-hmm. and forgive them. She ran into a guard that said, I was familiar with your barracks, and mm-hmm. we never entered your barracks uh, because we were afraid to contract lice. So they were these invisible guards that allowed them to read the scriptures. Yeah. And then the story I wanted to tell you, speaking historically, it came to my memory and I pulled it up, the lyrics. But there was Horatio Spatford, whose
3: mm-hmm.
0: four-year-old son died in the great Chicago fire. Mm. Um, and he was so burdened that he went on a trip with Ira Sankey mm-hmm. to England. Yes. Uh, and and wanted to support the gospel work of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of D.L. Moody. <clears throat> and as he was traveling across the Atlantic, um, his wife came... Later, because she couldn't travel with him and, and she brought the four daughters. Mm-hmm. And while he was in England, <clears throat> he got word that I think the ship had been struck uh, or there was a collision and the boat sank and the only telegraph he got was uh, his wife stating, uh, all ha- is lost, I am the sole survivor, and then her name. So mm-hmm. his son's gone his yep. four daughters, his wife and he are <clears throat> now childless. Sorry. <clears throat> and then on the trip back, the captain paused the ship, cooled the boilers, and longitude and latitude said, this is the spot mm-hmm. where your daughters died. Mm-hmm. And he penned these words uh, <clears throat> and, then, and wrote them. And they're fascinatingly enough, if you go to the, uh, the American Hotel in Jerusalem, the original writing is on the wall
3: mm-hmm.
0: that he had penned on the ship.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When peace like a river attendeth my way, mm-hmm. when sorrows like sea billows roll, mm-hmm. whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. It is well mm-hmm. with my soul. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, though Satan should buffet through trials, and, uh, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh, my soul. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ hence to live, if Jordan above me shall roll. No pang shall be mine, for in death, as in life, thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. But, Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And, Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend a song in the night, O oh my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. And he wrote those words, and those have been sung for mm-hmm. years since. That was the 1870s, 1880s. Mm-hmm. And you even hear Hillsong do it. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't experience the loss of five children, but there are folks out there that are watching this. And, and I think Shawnee especially in your practice, you have people that come in that are hopeless. Oh, yeah. And here we are in an unprecedented time in the history of the nation where everything we thought was normal is taken from us. We're given this dystopian nightmare and told this is the new normal. Mm -hmm. And people flock to this building because there's hope.
3: Right.
0: And it's it's almost... um, it, it 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 it's a it's a calm, it's it's the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. Every time I walk into this building and the people are here, I'm settled. Right. There's a peace that surpasses yeah. all understanding mm-hmm. and the connection and the joy, it's almost as if they're saying, It doesn't matter what awaits me. Mm-hmm. I'm in the presence of the living God.
3: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that?
2: I uh <laughs> I just so agree. And I think, I know, um, I was thinking in my practice how this has been so difficult. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of this one individual in particular whose grandson killed himself at the beginning of the uh, lockdown. And he's just been devastated. And as I've been working with him, he's really healed that. But he's still having this lingering anxiety that he's never had in his entire life. And we really have been able to recognize, as I have with many of my other patients, that it's, it's this state that we're living in right now of mm-hmm. the unknowing, the helplessness, the powerlessness, the mm-hmm. despair. And what has been so beautiful is um, many of my patients are believers, but I have a handful who aren't. Mm-hmm. And several have said, why are you, why do you have peace during this time? Yeah. How are, how are you even seeing patients in person when nobody else is? Mm-hmm. What's different about you Amen. to where I've been yeah. able to share the Lord with them and, mm-hmm. and begin to walk them through mm-hmm. having a relationship?
0: You talked about triggering
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the anxiety. Oh, yeah. Anxiety comes to the human condition when a reflection of trauma is presented. Whether it be in the past, it's the memory. So when you brought up the Las Vegas shooting mm-hmm. with our young people who went to a reunion at the borderline of to remember their friends lost mm-hmm. at the vegas shooting and then and we one in particular uh, and i, I don 't have permission, but she 's come to Christ mm-hmm. and and she went through Las Vegas and she went through the borderline and she showed up here and there 's a radical transformation there 's mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm but you're talking about this being the anniversary of the Vegas shooting and the, the anxiety that rises, and they don't even know where it comes from. Right. Um, in the last few minutes, maybe talk on that. How, how, do, you, how do you minister to them in, in that? When you know they're, they're coming in, it, their chest is tight. Right. they feel like they can't breathe.
2: Well, it's interesting. I read a research paper just the other day that was talking about, um, one of the most hard hit populations in this lockdown have been those that have previous trauma, especially those that have complex PTSD, which is rooted in, in early childhood trauma. And because of the helplessness, the powerlessness, the lack of control and fear People are having all of these either um, implicit emotional memories come back. People who were at Vegas, who were at borderline—they—they um, they don't even understand what's happening. They just realize, you know, maybe it's just the way the sun is hitting because it's that time of year. I gotta the stop. For, I gotta stop
0: for a second. Yes. People don't know this, but your your schedule is busy. Yeah. You you are booked yeah. like never before. Yeah. So we had to we had to record you in the morning. We're, people think this is live; it's not. We had to record you in the morning while we've been talking. Won't you look at the screen? What am I looking at? The light is coming right at you.
2: Oh!
0: It's coming through the window and it's pointing
2: oh. to you. You <laughs> make me cry. That's the Lord. Thank you.
0: Amen. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna I interrupted you, but I, I think that's a perfect way to kind of conclude the time together because we're coming to the top of the hour and i i i want everyone to know that yes you you have you have a practice that that you you minister to everyone you do it from the realm of psychology but the the foundation of your life is Jesus
2: mm-hmm. and the foundation of my practice and the
0: foundation of your practice
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and that that hope awaits all who come through the doors. That's why your practice is exploding.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in the process of it, you have you've, you've availed yourself not only to this church as an expert witness, but to countless other organizations that are being devastated by this tyranny,
3: mm-hmm.
0: the tyranny of the human soul to imprison mm-hmm. and enslave mm-hmm. to a government that doesn't recognize inalienable rights. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that picture there, I can't think of a better way. That's the Lord.
3: You know. Thank you. Just,
0: and and I, I want everyone to know what a gift Dr. Aww. Anderson is to not only this fellowship, mm-hmm. but, but to the body of Christ and to all of you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't have enough time in your day to meet with everyone out there. <laughs> but we'll have you to come and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll field questions on a live uh, program and we're building a studio. I, I want you to be a constant guest sure. and, and maybe even take call in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that'll that'll give people an opportunity to ask you questions
1: and, and glean from the depths of the wisdom God has entrusted to you.
2: Amen. So. I would be delighted. It's pretty Thank
1: cool. You. Amen. I'm just, except maybe this can be a topic for the next time, like yeah. a, a little carrot to uh, like the cliffhanger. But I would love, and I know it'll take years for them to come up with the data, but... I know we've lost and, and every person that we've lost through COVID is a, is a tragedy, you know, 206,000 now. And, um, but we know that chronic stress mm-hmm. over time diminishes your lifespan, mm-hmm. right? Yep. right? And if you take 340 million people under chronic stress for exp- extended period of time, the year, the days, the weeks, the months that are going off their life, we know that losing a job is very traumatic. Mm-hmm. We know that a divorce is emotionally the, one of those uh, traumatic things. People losing their home, so they have to move. Moving is is, mm-hmm. is stressful. You put it all together. Yesterday, I was walking by three little girls, and they when they saw me coming, they all had masks on, and they stepped so hard to... Almost uh, in an exaggerated way to get away from me. I didn't have a mask on, mm-hmm. and I thought, they're in the formative years, the impact of this and what it's gonna do in a community and society. Uh, we've lost 206,000 as of today, roughly. Um, the accumulative over an extended period of time of the loss of lifespan from all the things that are gonna be the result of a whole tyrannical shutdown of a nation uh, is going to be exponential to the detriment of our nation yep. yeah. from my perspective. And uh, so for another time, we'd Good. love to hear from you about that.
0: That would be perfect. Yeah. A, a great sure. opportunity next time. Rynette Senham, the previous mayor of, the, of Nevada City pointed out that in their county, they'd had one or two deaths, not even from, but it was with mm-hmm. COVID. And yet, in in their county, the suicide rate of young people oh. far exceeds the death rate. And what was the life expectancy mm-hmm. stolen from them? Uh, that's that's yeah. a question we really need to examine.
2: It, it, and, and I've talked about this repeatedly. Mm-hmm. It is going to be profound. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. from, well, I can get into that another time. Let's but, do it. Yeah.
0: That'll be the ticket for There's next time.
2: There's also missing education and yeah. what that's going to do for the generations. Oh.
1: All right. So. Close us in prayer. Right. <laughs> Pastor Rick. Father, thank you so much for the faith, hope, and love we have in your precious son. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you were willing to send him into this fallen world to rescue us. And Lord, we want to be uh, your hands and your feet to be a lifeline to those who are hurting, those who are broken, those who are in despair. Thank you for this time. We just ask that your Holy Spirit As we continue to just daily uh, offer ourselves to you to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is our reasonable service, no matter the cost, Lord, we pray that we would bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Mm. Your name, Jesus. And we thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, time for a blessing for all of you, number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thanks for bringing that. Thank you. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We'll see you
3: tomorrow night.